0: You're listening to the Golf Science Lab. We're bringing to light research and concepts you might not have heard before so you can perform better on the golf course. Hey, I'm your host, Cordy Walker, and this season of the show, we're looking at club technology. So far, we've covered golf shafts and putters. Today, we're looking at wedges. What should you know about the technology behind a wedge? And are there any misconceptions that might be holding you back from getting the most out of your wedge game? Great guests and definitely some practical takeaways from this episode. If you're new to the Golf Science Lab podcast, just a couple things I wanted to let you know about. Number one, we have two other seasons of the show. The first season on learning, the second on performance. Highly recommend checking those out. You can just open up your podcast app and listen there or on the website under the podcast tab, you'll see a link to Golf Science Lab and all of those episodes number two we have another podcast it's powered by the golf science lab called game like training radio we talk about how to improve your learning again you can see that on the website under the podcast tab in the menu great show definitely check it out Uh, and number three we have awesome articles and videos added to the site each week for instance recently we did one with dr noel russo called the reality of swing thoughts and i have to say probably one of my favorite pieces of content that we've published on the site in a long, long time. So go and check all of those things out, golfsciencelab.com, you can find out more. So what factors do we look at when we talk about wedges?
1: Obviously, you gotta find the right loft for the gaps that you're looking for. Um, Obviously, lie angles, you know, an important factor, but really bounces with a wedge is the most important factor.
0: That is our guest for today, his name is David Adele. Hi, this is David Adele. I'm the founder of
1: Edell Golf.
0: We heard from David in our episode on putters. He's a craftsman and a club builder who's honestly produced some stunning designs and concepts in the putter and wedge game. And to create Adele Wedges, he actually partnered with the 2016 PGA Teacher of the Year, Mike Adams. And the work and research behind their fitting system is extensive. And the most important factor for your wedge, as David said, is bounce. I did a quick search and here's what Wikipedia tells us bounce is. So bounce angle is an indication of how much the sole or the bottommost part of the club head lifts the leading edge. A High bounce angle indicates a sole which lifts the leading edge significantly whereas a club with little or no bounce allows the leading edge to contact the ground without interference. Got it? Maybe not. David explains this a bit more.
1: Really, bounces with a wedge is the most important factor, and finding that correct bounce angle. And bounce is a very misunderstood, you know, word. It almost has a negative connotation to it because the industry tends to want to say less bounce is better, when really all the the empirical data from fitting and launch monitors and such will tell us that bounce is the most, you know, the the larger the numbers, generally more important now. When you talk about bounce, you have to talk about it in two different ways. There's width, which gives you effective bounce, and then there's actually the true angle. So depending on, you know, your stroke, your swing type, whether you have a lot of lag or you don't have a lot of lag, that will determine a lot, you know, of what your angle attack's doing and, and your lean. So, for example, if you're, uh, if anybody's, you know, has the ability to go hit a golf ball at where there's a launch monitor and you hit a, a medium swing shot so you're taking the spin out so you're, you're not gonna be creating trajectory through spin. And let's say you have a 60 degree wedge in your hand for a simple number and you hit a wedge and it's got a 38 degree launch angle, you would take the loft of that club and subtract the, the launch angle and that would tell you the bounce value that you need. So if you had 60 and you had a 38 degree launch angle, you need 22 degrees of bounce. Now, do you need width when you need when you have that much lean, an angle of attack? No, you need more. You need a narrow grind with a lot more width, you know, angle on the front edge of it. So that's one way to evaluate the bottom of the club and the wedge and why you need the bounce that you need. Because most people are under bounce by probably ten degrees on average. So they got ten degrees of dig that they've got offset through. Now they kind of lean back and they're creating bounce through their body and their. Fine angles which shortens their their radius their short right shoulder radius to the ground and makes makes they get closer so now they've their radius so then they shove forward more with the right arm because they can't release the club head because they've changed their angle through their spine trying to create bounce so it doesn't dig but they're actually exacerbating the problem
0: not naming names or, or pointing fingers here but my guess is the last time you bought some wedges You fired up eBay and picked up the similar ones to what you had last time. Just going with the normal amount of bounce and and hoping it all comes out okay. And maybe a quick range session and and you're good to go. Well, maybe not anymore.
1: Here's a guy that said, you know, I used to think I was a really sucky wedge player and he didn't understand that he... He had always like eight degrees of bounce in his wedge, and in the end he ended up with twenty four in a kind of a v grind uh, and And he said all of a sudden, I became a wedge player and it was like now I feel like I'm a really good wedge player now he's transitioned to the senior tour, and he's you know he's he's playing phenomenal golf, and he said, my wedge game was always holding me back, and I didn't know why, and I kept defaulting to no bounce and wider soles, and I didn't understand the value of bounce and until that happened. You know, now I'm a believer on bounce and finding the right exact bounce angle.
0: So bounce can either help or hurt. It can make hitting a shot far easier or far harder than it needs to be. People find that when they have the right bounce in their wedges, the way they interact in terms of, the the way their club interacts with the ground is very different and they get a lot more confidence, particularly particularly in their
1: shorter wedge shots.
0: That is Tony Wright. He's an Adele club fitter and host of the podcast Game Improvement Golf. And, and he also agreed that for some reason, bounce just seems to be underappreciated. It's a shame that there is such a negative connotation about that. Bounce is just a hugely important aspect of wedges and their fitting and how the right amount of bounce can help golfers. Now Let's go back to David and talk about why it can even change the way you'd hit a shot
1: my partner's Mike Adams, who's uh, you know Hall of Famer and PJ teacher of the year this year, and we developed, co-developed the wedges together, and, and a lot of the philosophy that I have I've, you know, I've, I've developed from my interaction with Mike. And, you know, when you start to look at body types, and so if you were in a golf posture, and you had your left arm hanging down, and you moved your left arm across your chest to where it bangs against your pec, and you can't move it any farther, and then you put your right hand on it, you'll have a pitch to your to your hand, to your right hand. It'll either be kind of vertical to the ground, could be under like an Ezek Johnson scenario, or it could be in more of a covering position. And the way your right arm naturally folds also determines what kind of bounce you need. So the the more your hand is pitched in a more covering position, you're going to need a wider sole and you're going to need more bounce. And as it goes more to the neutral where it's vertical, where your palm is parallel, you know, perpendicular to the ground, so it's basically your hand is 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 on a side position. That would say that you need, you know, less. You need a narrower grind because you're going to be more of a corner. Where the guy that's got more of his hand facing the ground is going to be more of a a cover, and that's gonna, they're going to need more width and more because they're going to be pushing down, so they're going to need more resistance against the ground to push it back out. Where the, the more it gets under, the more you need less bounce and you need more width, because you're already creating it because your hand's under, and when your arm straightens, your hand's more in an under position. So how your armful patterns actuate determines whether what kind of grind you need, and then also the environment you live in. So the cover, a true full cover, is probably going to need width and and bounce, no matter where they live. If you're in a wetter environment, the more sight on position, you know, you might go I I, I default better to more bounce because the ground's so wet. Or where I live in Texas, the ground's really hard, cliche kind of ground with uh, Bermuda. I I default to a narrower grind with more angle. So the environment has a lot to do with the bounce requirements you need. And so a player could theoretically have two wedges, one for winter and one for summer too, you know, or different turf conditions.
0: After this quick break, we're continuing on our conversation about wedges with grooves. If you're enjoying the show and want to further your education on all things golf improvement, you have to join the Golf Science Lab Insider Group. It's free for one, and we'll send over some content that you definitely need to see to get better at understanding what the research says about performance and learning. We've been adding a lot of content lately about this, and when you sign up for the group, we'll send over a series of emails walking you through the most important pieces of that. Check it out at golfsciencelab.com. Starting in 2014, you could no longer play with the best groove technology in your wedge. The USGA and RNA decided that wedges were so good, playing out of the rough just wasn't as penal as it should be. This is what they said, the intent of the equipment rules to prevent an over-reliance on technological advances rather than skill and to ensure that skill is the dominant element in determining success through the game. So, let's hear from an expert What's Up With Grooves. The
1: groove thing, you know, had, it didn't have the effect that I think the USGA was hoping for because basically through shaft types and, and, you know, the, the volume of grooves, you know, we just went to more grooves on our wedges, for example. We, we added more groove and they weren't as deep. So you ended up kind of, it didn't become as big a deal as I think they were thinking that it would be. But, uh, so, I mean, grooves are, you know, the amount of grooves and and the amount of, you know, spin that you get, you know, like in a gap wedge, you're not necessarily looking for all that. You know, where in a 60, you probably want a lot of spin. And so, you know, you'll see players not need to in their gap, their 50, 51, 52 you know, if you're chasing the back pin, you don't want a lot of spin. You know, you don't want it to come off the green, you know, so you want it to be able to, to release. And so, so groove structures, I think, got a lot to do with, you know, the, the, each, each different golf club based on what you're actually asking it to do. So the groove thing is, is really a complicated thing because uh, the USGA created this parameter and then everybody, you know, went and got their, process of doing it, whether it was Volky doing his spin mill spin milling or sizzle milling or face screw or face roughness stuff I mean everybody went and patented the USG rules so it kind of became a weird a weird scenario about what was what was actually fair game and which what isn't
0: So we've talked about bounce, talked about grooves. what else should we cover with wedges? They've got to go out and search for what the perfect
1: bounce angle is. And the shaft makes a big difference to the whole process. Figuring out what what's the correct shaft, what's the correct length, what's the are you trying to have a high spin shaft? Gap loss to that, you know, the shaft is a really huge a really huge uh, part in the process of you know load release. Most people, you know, default to an S300 you know, or s 400 wedge shaft when they really need a softer wedge shaft. I mean, Lee Trevino was notorious for having softer wedge shafts because he was swinging that club at different speeds all the time, and he wanted to have a shaft flex that matched the speed that he might be swinging at a low soft shot versus hitting it harder. Rhythm, you know, if a player has rhythm, they can have a softer shaft without it losing it. So I think, you know, shafts are too stiff. They're not, you know, they're just going by what... You know, used in the past and not being able to go and try a a lighter shaft or a softer shaft flex, something that matches more of what they play in their irons. So, you know, the shaft is a huge part of the fitting process. We have 30 some shafts on our fitting model.
0: Thank you so much for joining us, and another big thank you to David Adele and the folks at Adele Golf for lining this up. You can hear more from David in our episode on putting on the Golf Science Lab podcast. If you want to find a fitter to go through this process that David talked about? Go to adelegolf.com and you'll see the find a fitter option in the menu. Check it out. Highly recommend it. Also, thanks to Tony Wright from the Game Improvement Golf Podcast for chiming in with a few thoughts. Great show, great conversations with some really cool guests. Check that show out as well. This episode was hosted and written by me, Cordy Walker. You can follow me on Twitter at Cordy Walker edited mix and produced by just hit published productions music used in this episode includes simple hop by broke for free licensed under creative commons by 3.0 and only instrumental by broke for free licensed under creative commons by 3.0 as well and we will see you all next time in the golf science lab